Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Resonant Frequencies. All right, so the space story I have for you this week is the alignment of NASA's James Webb Space Telescope is now complete. After a full review, the observatory has been confirmed to be capable of capturing crisp, well-focused images with each of its four powerful onboard science instruments. Upon completing the seventh and final stage of telescope alignment, the team held a set of key decision meetings and unanimously agreed that Webb is ready to move forward into its next and final series of preparations, known as Science Instrument Commissioning. This process will take about two months before scientific operations begin in the summer. The optical performance of the telescope continues to be better than the engineering team's most optimistic predictions. The image quality delivered to all instruments is diffraction limited, meaning that the finest of detail that can be seen is as good as physically possible given the size of the telescope. So we got two world stories this week. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi led a congressional delegation to meet with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky in Kiev. Pelosi is now the highest-ranking U.S. official to visit Ukraine during the war, and with a surprise visit adding to the growing momentum behind the West's support for the country's fight against Russia, um, the trip comes as Moscow's refocused military campaign in Ukraine's east struggles to make significant gains, and as Kiev's allies step up with increasing military supplies. Uh, both sides are appearing to be setting in for a prolonged conflict, um, and Zelensky said that he was very grateful for this powerful signal of support. All right, so for the second story, in an apparent attempt to protect a key naval base from attack, Russia has deployed trained military dolphins at the entrance to a main Black Sea port, according to the United States Naval Institute. They reviewed satellite images by the commercial firm Maxar. Two dolphin pens were moved in the area in February, around the time that Russia began its invasion of Ukraine. The dolphin pens are located at the entrance to Sevastopol Harbor in Crimea. The USNI reported that the dolphins may be tasked with counter-diver operations to prevent Ukrainian special ops forces from infiltrating the harbor underwater and sabotaging warships. This is not the first Marine Animal Navy project. During the Cold War, both the United States and the Soviet Union trained dolphins to detect enemy divers and mines. The U.S. has spent at least $28 million maintaining its own military troops of dolphins and sea lions for potential use in future conflicts. Okay, so for the U.S. stories this week, I've got three of them. Uh, so the LAPD is using 3D animation and measurements of an officer's heartbeat, stress level, and more in an interactive virtual space to prepare for real-life scenarios. Chief of Police Michael Moore sees virtual reality as a game-changer for officers, especially in de-escalation training. This comes as use of force tactics come under intense scrutiny. The LAPD reported 37 police shootings last year, up from 27 in 2020. So I think this is going to be a very positive use case for virtual reality. Uh, a lot of the stuff you hear is, you know, negative or about the metaverse. And while I'm not super excited about uh, the metaverse particularly, um, there are very interesting use cases for virtual reality. One of the most interesting use cases for virtual reality that I've come across is so like for heavy industrial um, machining plants where the risk for human injury is very high. Uh, essentially, you know, Currently, a human would have to do the job because there aren't uh, artificial intelligent robots capable of completing these tasks at this time. But 
Um, with virtual reality, you could allow a human to essentially control a robot. You know, you have the gloves on or whatever. And, you know, that human could actually work from home and control a robot in a workplace that's could be miles away. So it's kind of a crazy concept of like, you know, you hear working from home, Zoom conference calls, you know, it's typically like administrative or software, but could you imagine like, you know, you work in a plant and you're, you know, you're clocking in at home and putting on the goggles and controlling a robot in a machining plant. That's kind of wild. All right. Uh, anyway, moving on to our second story. About 5 million honeybees bound for Alaska last weekend got waylaid when Delta Airlines routed them through Atlanta where most of the bees died after being left for hours in crates on the ground during the hot weather. The bees were the first of two shipments ordered by Alaska beekeeper Sarah McElray from a distributor in California. The bees were to be used to pollinate apple orchards and nurseries in Alaska, where they are not native. McElray said she was worried when the 800-pound shipment didn't arrive in Atlanta in time to make the connecting flight. The next day, Delta told her that some of the bees had escaped so the airline workers put the crates holding the bees outside in a Delta cargo bay. In a panic, McElray reached a beekeeper in Atlanta who rushed to the airport and discovered that many of the bees had died from heat and starvation. So for the third and final U.S. story, um, Thomas Rayner James, a 55-year-old Miami man, was exonerated and freed from prison Wednesday after serving 32 years of a life sentence for a murder that prosecutors and a judge say he did not commit. No physical evidence ever tied James to the 1990 murder of Francis McKinnon during a home invasion in Coral Gables. James has been incarcerated since age 23 when he was picked out of a photo lineup and charged for McKinnon's murder in what prosecutors now admit was a case of mistaken identity. Alright, for the local story, uh, U.S. Marshals are offering a $10,000 uh, bounty for information leading to the capture of Casey White a capital murder suspect, and the location of a missing and endangered correctional officer, Vicki White. The inmate and the Lauderdale County Corrections Officer left the detention center around 9.40 a.m. on April 29th to go to a courthouse but never arrived. The evidence suggests that she helped him escape but is unclear if it was by free will or coercion. The two are not related despite sharing a last name. Casey White is believed to be a serious threat to the corrections officer and the public, said U.S. Marshal Marty Keeley. White was charged with two counts of capital murder in September 2020 and the stabbing of a 58-year-old uh, Connie Ridgway, and he was already in jail for a series of crimes committed in 2015, including home invasion, carjacking, police chase, and according to the U.S. Marshals, uh, White confessed to the murder and was awaiting trial at Lauderdale County Jail at the time of his disappearance. Casey White is six foot nine and weighs approximately 260 pounds. He has brown hair and hazel eyes. Anyone with information on Casey White's location or Vicki White's disappearance should contact law enforcement by calling USMS Communication Center at 1-800-336-0102. All right, so for the weather forecast this week, um, this week we're going to have lows of the 60s with highs in the mid-80s. Uh, we're looking at a good chance of rain and thunderstorms throughout the week, but we're expecting that to kind of chill out as we get closer to the weekend. All right, for the crypto segment this week, Bitcoin is currently coming in at 38700 
And the New York State Assembly passed a bill late Tuesday that would place a two-year ban on all proof-of-work cryptocurrency mining facilities in the state that use a carbon-based fuel to power their operations. The bill, sponsored by Anna Kells, would not only impose a two-year hold on approval of any new Bitcoin mines, but the proposed moratorium would also prevent the renewal of permits issued to existing proof-of-work cryptocurrency miners using carbon-sourced energy if they seek to increase the amount of electricity consumed. The bill gathered the support it needed to pass with 95 in favor and 52 against, and will now be carried by Senator Kevin Parker for a vote in the state Senate. If successful, it will then be delivered to Governor Kathy Hochul, who can veto the bill or sign it into law. So for the positive news story this week, new water restrictions issued for millions of residents in Southern California highlighted the need to make agriculture more efficient, and new statewide composting mandate is providing the solution. California leads the nation in food production, which requires a lot of water, and now they have become the second state in the nation after Vermont to make large-scale composting required by law. The key takeaway is that farms can grow up to 40% more food in times of drought if they use compost, and when citizens dump their coffee grounds and banana peels into a bin for pickup, they are feeding the soil while guarding against water shortages. More than 200 cities across the country and many universities have followed San Francisco's lead and implemented curbside collection of food scraps for composting. In compliance with the new law, California cities will reduce landfilling of compostable materials by 75% by the year 2025 so they can be turned into black gold for farmers. Alright, so I got three fun facts for you this week. The first one is, the Statue of Liberty is of a robed female figure representing Libertas, the Roman goddess of freedom, who bears a torch and a tabula ansata, which is a tablet evoking the law, upon which is inscribed the date of the American Declaration of Independence, July 4th, 1776. Second fun fact. So lobster blood is clear, but when it's exposed to oxygen, it turns bluish due to its copper content. And the third fun fact. Out of the seven colors of the rainbow, violet has the highest frequency and the smallest wavelength. All right, so for the comedy segment this week, what rock group has four guys that can't sing or play instruments? Mount Rushmore. A man walks into a library and asks for books on paranoia. She replies, they're right behind you. A husband was doing a crossword puzzle with his wife. Uh, emphatic no, five letters. Never. Pistol, three letters. Gun. Disgust. Three letters. Ugh. Charity. Four letters. Give. Female sheep. Three letters. You. Pixar movie. Two letters. Up. Hopefully that doesn't get this episode pulled, but if it does, it was so worth it. All right, for the quote this week, to educate a man in mind and not in morals is to educate a menace to society. And that's by Theodore Roosevelt. Spotify's song of the week is Can't Stop Me Now by Pretty Lights. Thanks for joining me again for another episode of Resonant Frequencies. I hope that even after Rick rolling you, you'll show up again. <laughs> Love you guys, and I'll see you next week.